Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 272 for January 27th, 2021. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me as always, Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Klingspore Woodworking Shop, Narwhal Labs, Stu Morrison, and of course, the godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, and and I said, of course, to Jimmy DeRest, I have to say something else here, the indelible, the magnificent, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. There it is. That's what I'm talking that's about. It. That's it. That's beautiful, Tim. That makes a heck of a lot more sense. Okay. He's not even looking. He's New just rule. staring New at rule. us. Don't play at? my favorite songs twice as fast. <laughs> that's your favorite that's song? The Gambler? That's up there. Yeah. Uh, the way you played it is actually, now my favorite song. Um, Space Cowboy. Oh, really? The Joker. The Joker, yeah. All right. Um, yes. That one we would get flagged for piracy. Here we go. So, uh, step one, of course, what are we working on? Let's go uh, to the heavyweight, Bill Lutz. <laughs> what are you working on over there? You know, I've, I've got... Because um, of boxing, I, not yeah, because I, of your work. I, I, I know. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, so I've been doing that, of course. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm, I've been working on, uh, not being the heavyweight anymore. Um <laughs> Bill, uh, uh, no, I, I got Casey's like guitar count. project, but it's kind of on hold. Um, not not forever. It's just she worked like some crazy hours last week. Um, they have to get. There's a couple of times during the season at her tax job now where they get really busy. So she put in some late hours. I actually had to work some late hours. So then I was coming home and being the dutiful husband and cleaning up the house, getting dinner ready for when she got home. I even made her a couple of filet, uh, filet mignon that I couldn't eat. And it came out amazing according to the smell and according to her reaction when I watched her eat it. But I had my chicken. I'm being a good boy. Uh, so I didn't really get to work on the guitar. However, this weekend, uh, I was telling you guys, we went on, um, we, we do, where she runs, um, she jogs and I ride bicycle next to her. And Saturday, she decided, well, let's, let's go a little bit longer. And she ended up, we ended up doing almost a 10, 10 mile run. It was very close to 10 miles, wow. nine, nine, seven, something like that. Anyway. Um, so that was great. So then on Sunday, she says, well, I'm going to do a shorter run. I said, all right. Um, so we, we did um, about, I think it was six miles, five and a half, something like that. However, when we got close to this one coffee shop she likes to stop at, which is a couple miles from our house, uh, she rewards herself with a little cappuccino, a little caffeine to make it the rest of the way home. I got another flat tire. It's like, ugh, right? I mean, there's so much glass. There's so much... Off, my, my, my Hayward is just crappy right now. However, 
I had slimed, the, I had the guys when they replaced my tires last time to slime the tube, so it lost a lot of air, but it sealed good enough for me to get home. So that was good. So then I said, okay, well, babe, we got to go uh, get the tire fixed. It's Sunday, and then we got some other errands to run. She's like, okay. So we go to the local bike shop, and they were closed. I'm like, well, that sucks. I said, well, let's call the other one. And it was closed. I said, well, let's go down to Fremont, which is 20 miles from the house. And she likes it down there. We can go shop. I said, we got to do some other shopping. Let's see if one's open down there. We ended up in a bike shop, and their customer service was so good. And like, of course, we're going to fix your tire for you. So while they were doing that, I didn't mean to buy another new bike. <laughs> but, uh, Are you serious? Uh, oh, yeah, what's the yeah, thing about so a sucker being bored every minute? <laughs> This yeah. this is PT Barnum talking about. This is the bike I've been looking for. It's <laughs> it's a it's it's not an electric bike, but the brand name is Electra. It's made by Trek. It's it's the brand is Electra. The bike is called a Townie. Now here's what's special about this bike is that normally on a bicycle, directly from the seat down the seat post all the way down is where your crank is at. That's where your pedals are at. Well, they've mm-hmm. taken and they've they've extended the frame underneath there and they've moved those cranks about a foot forward oh. so you actually Somewhere you can now lower the seat a, a little bit because normally with my height i have to sit way high but now you can lower the seat because your feet are actually forward a little bit and then the handlebars and it's it's got this retro look it's just gorgeous look it up it's a it's a electra townie and uh I, I love this bicycle, and, and you'll see you'll see the way the the crank set is on it. It's so amazing. So, and Casey's like, oh, "Well, yeah. honey, don't get rid of your other bike. Don't trade it in. Uh, we'll just have a, you can have two. And I'm just like, "Oh, I love my wife so much. I just I love so her." So you got the one that's kind of retro looking because it looks like there's a couple. It's 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 the seven D, I believe the the 70. Townie seven D, and it's a crossover. It's not the step through. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. You got the cool one because there's another one that just kind of looks like a bike. Right, um, and then there's and then they have electric oh, bikes yeah, and all that, but it's this one, dude. Is and look at see how the crank set is forward a little bit on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it's a, it's somewhere between a, a regular bicycle and a recumbent bike. You know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it and it's got this retro look to it. it it's great. super comfortable. It's a seven speed. I'm just I I'm loving it. So that's that's what I was doing this week. You, <laughs> I was if you buying a, another bicycle, I think they call it. In a, I know it's kind of a derogatory term now, but they call it like a sissy bar, right? Like on a motorcycle seat. On the back, yeah. If you put like a sissy yeah, padded a sissy bar on that, man, you could fall asleep while you're riding. Well, I, so it's like I, a recliner. You can see it, but the the bike is flat black, and I said, well, I need to put a a rack on the back because I have to carry her water and all that crap when she's running. Right, I, it's my job to carry that. So the bike is flat black, and she says, well, let's put a white rack on there to make it pop. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't excited about it. It looks phenomenal. It looks so cool. I mean, it just, it looks cool. And then the tires even have a, like a little skinny white wall on each one of them. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I feel like the cool kid on the block, dude. I do. I totally feel like the, the cool kid on the block. You got the slime in the tires. So. They yes. Do all, they did all that for Cause I, I, I'm, I'm already budgeting $30 every two weeks to replace a tube. And, and That's so it's just, it's, it's just the way it goes. Crazy. That's how much there's, well, there's broken glass everywhere. And because of the COVID, uh, the city of Hayward streets department, they're working minimum uh skeleton crew yeah. it's one week off one or two weeks off one week on so everything has been you know the street sweeping is cut back by like a fourth and there's just glass everywhere and there's a homeless is out of crazy and it's just i mean there's just a hmm. lot of stuff going on during this pandemic uh so yeah i'm just getting flats left and right so if i do start getting too many i'm hoping the, the guy said they make like a heavy duty puncture resistant tire 
Who knows? It's all the same when you're running so crap you run over fl- all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at this point, you I feel like you should just get, s- you get tubeless tires. Yeah, just just get like well, just get a solid rubber tire at this point. Jeez. Well, <laughs> they they do make. Up. I'm I'm trying to look. I know that now. Solid rubber's not going to happen. They're too heavy. But they do make like a foam, so it's like yeah. a regular tire, but instead of an inner tube, there's like a foam insert. That's what I was picturing, um, like a spray insulation or something like that. There's got to be something like that. You can fill it up it's, with. It's yeah, called tubeless, so, and it's glued onto the rim. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd like to see it if it if it works well enough. I, if I can find one for this, we'll see. It's what it's like the serious racers use. Uh, you know, I was in the bike business, right? Yeah. Yes, I do. And, uh, you you showed some pretty neat videos with how to do some uh, layered level painting tricks and stuff. Oh yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, sweet bike, hmm. Tim. What would you say you've been up to? Gun to your head. Uh, the the coolest thing that's happened in a long time is that I had that large order of guinea pig tanks, uh, a thousand of them that are going <laughs> to the UK. And on Saturday, Maddie and I finished them. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. So that was great. And I was like, Oh my God, thank God. And I had stocked up for the most part, my home supply. Cause sales are slower now. There's a you know, a couple of day or whatever. Um, and I was like, and my, my wife has been handling the sales. So like, I just, I bring them home. I put them down here in the basement and, and she just ships them off. Um, and so I'd stock them up, and then Saturday we finished them. I, I had to go into work Saturday to finish them, you know. Sunday, I hit the couch. Gwen goes down to do her job of, of printing the labels out, and she comes up. She's like, hate to break it to you, but we're out of bulldozers. <laughs> so then today I had to start. And, like, like our inventory here, because I was just, you know, making the other ones and not paying attention to the inventory here got low. So today I had to go in and make a whole bunch of them just to stock up the inventory again. Um, but it wasn't like that big of a deal. Like now that that, that big push is over. Um, but so because those are done, uh, I'm finally able to, cause I couldn't really run my laser and my CNC at the same time. It just used like too much electricity. I could run the CNC, mm. but not the dust collection. Um, so, you know, it gets messy. Um, so I've just been kind of waiting. I have all these guitars to start cutting out and, um, and you know, custom orders. I have most, most of the designs done and stuff, but so now I just today I was like running the CNC all day, starting to get going on on that. I had some some guitars that I had started months and months ago just to stock my store, and I'm just I'm cutting those while I'm at it. I'm just like on a guitar cutting frenzy right now. <laughs> um, the other cool things are um, I uh, I had done a like I have this sort of video series I've been working on this year where I'm restoring old guitars and and like kind of tricking them out, I guess. And so I put one up for auction. Uh, this like guitar that's from the Soviet Union, um, and uh, that's still up, yeah. For it just ended. It ended yesterday. Oh, or, or like midnight Saturday night, and so it closed. How'd it go? You happy? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy because it. it um, I had two hundred and two dollars invested in the guitar, uh, so I started the auction at that. So I was like, most I'm going to lose are Etsy fees, or I'm sorry, eBay fees, you know. Um, right. And I was like, okay with that. So it ended up closing out. It went to a guy named Aaron in um, in Oregon. I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not. Um, but uh, the last bid was uh, four hundred and thirty dollars. So I nice. Yeah. So I doubled my That's money. Fun. You know. And so then you start doing the math about the you know the amount of hours um, that you have into it. And I have a ton of hours into that. But that's because. I was filming, you know what I mean? So I was like, if you were to take right. out all the nonsense of the filming and the editing and stuff, and just strip it down, I was, like, I was like, that's, that's pretty fair for the amount of hours I would have had into it. If I just, if I just like, if I had a clear vision in my head and I just began and ended it in like a normal person, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be like a home run, but it'd definitely be like a, like a single or a double. You know what I mean? You're on base with that. Right. Stuff. Cause you, you basically, you, you rehabbed it. You didn't necessarily rebuild it. You didn't. Right. 
you didn't restore it. You just you tricked yeah. it out a little bit and yeah. And so that you know, how there, many hours legit? If you weren't filming, do you think it would have taken you? I mean, th- that's it's tough to say because they're so integrated. Because I was really making content first and the guitar second. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you take out like the the song I wrote on it for the video and all that stuff. I mean, uh, easily six hours. Um, so you you made one hundred and fifty bucks. And it took you six hours. Yeah, so so it's not a home run, but it's not a loss. You know what I mean? Right. No, it's not a loss. No yeah. question. Yeah, it's definitely like it, it's you know it's worth doing. It's like it, so it was it was fun to see. But you know the thing with we always talk about in the podcast too about like diminishing returns. Like that guitar, if I had taken that guitar and completely refinished it and made it like a brand new guitar and, and put you know state of the art hardware on and all that stuff, it wouldn't be worth much more than four hundred and thirty dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, so let me ask you this: What about? Like, I definitely did it right. Yeah. So if how do you calculate because you did actually you you created content with it, which is another part of your business. So what's the value in that? What did you get out of that? And how do you calculate that into? So when you do say, well, I sold it for this much, but I got I got video, I got a song. You know what I'm saying? You got this other stuff too that goes along with the series that you're doing. So there's value in that as well. Sure. Well, there's. Sure. If you, if you want to go talk dollars and cents value, there's AdSense money from YouTube, right? So I had two videos basically for this instrument that have substantial views, one of them more than the other. Well, three if you count the introduction video. And then I have like the little one-minute video saying, hey, the auction's on. Then I'm going to have a wrap-up mm-hmm. video. So each of those videos are a lot easier to make too. Uh, but they don't get the same amount of views. But, you know, all that added up. I mean, there's, you know, there's some money, maybe 100, 100 something dollars in, in ad revenue. Um, you know, over the course of a month or two. Um, so you add that in. And then there's, you know, this this series is, um, I've been doing a Patreon push on my personal stuff. I never talk about that here because we have our own Patreon. But so I've been doing a Patreon push, you know, my, on my personal for that stuff. And I'm creating content that goes only to patrons, giving them like extra mm-hmm. extended cuts and more content. And so I've been doing a so big So all push of that, that is more value as well, right? So I mean, yeah, so, the- so my Patreon is like tripled in the course of this because I, I hadn't been doing anything with it for a long long time and I haven't talked about it and um, and so like I've been doing this push Patreon's gone up uh, and so there's you know obviously there's there's income there and that's that's kind of the plan so you know the the last video I just put out on this little weird bass guitar that's also part of the series um, it's 16 minutes long and then the Patreon version is like 31 minutes long with no ads but then the 16 minute long version the way the YouTube algorithm works now it has like five ads in it it's like crazy and I can turn the yeah. mid-roll ads off but then I, I lose like a ton of the revenue when you start tinkering with that that's when the the robots that decide whether your video gets seen or not like shut down I, I, decide think, you're not. I think everybody's used to the ads on their YouTube videos now you don't you don't get to be ad free anymore no you know, but when it's you want to watch when you want to watch the free stuff right you know you it's don't annoying. get to be ad free it's annoying how many they of those mid-roll ads they put in if I could if I could say yeah. just put one mid-roll ad in but it's it's just annoying you know but so that's like a bone and, and I see people getting annoyed with it and some people just get it it's free and so that's why I'm doing this Patreon push too because if if I can continue to build the Patreon thing up um, it doesn't matter if 100,000 people see it. It's if, if only 100 people see it, but there are 100 dedicated people that, you know, that are willing to, to, to participate financially in it, then it's like, what's the difference, right? And so now I can put it mm-hmm. up there ad-free, um, and it doesn't even have to be on the YouTube platform. I can put it on Vimeo. I could, I could get my own web host. You know what I mean? I don't have to be reliant upon that platform. So that's kind of the idea, too, of just like getting away, going back to my no-ads like roots, you know, right. Getting back to your libertarian roots. Yeah. 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 
But you know, one of the things, I don't need to keep harping on it, but sure. one of the things I think people need to understand, especially people who are trying to make content and trying to get money out there, every video you make is another brick in that wall, right? Another, another part of the whole complete puzzle. There's value in the fact that you have to make videos. You have to make content. That's what you do. So you chose to do it with this Russian guitar build. You didn't make a lot of money on, I mean, you made money on the, the, the auction and all that. But I think the overall, it's really hard to put, I think it's high value, but it's hard to put a value on it. But it's it's all in this business and this name and this brand yes. that you created. 100%. And that's where, that's where that stuff becomes a little bit priceless in a way. Because if you don't create content, you're not going to make money and you're going to have to get a regular job. And we don't want to do that, right? No. And then at the same time, if you just create the same content, that doesn't help. You have to create a story right. that gets people to, you know, follow whatever. And like, you know, in the past, I've just made videos of things that I wanted to make videos of, and 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 so now, like, I had the idea with the series. Of, Let me see if I can do something. These aren't necessarily the videos that I would want to watch because I like the ones that are five minutes long that show the transformation. But people enjoy the story arc and they enjoy the conversation. And I have to tell you, it's it's a lot more time on my half, um, especially doing the additional stuff for Patreon. But never mind the financial stuff. Like, because that's not mm -hmm. my driving force anyways. Um, just on this, the Russian guitars and the conversations that we had, and we talked about that, about how I begrudgingly said, like, all right, let's see if we can have a civil conversation across international lines here. And it's been right, beautiful. Right, right. Just that, just the comment section on that video alone is like, makes mm -hmm. that, that whole, all those hours, those unpaid hours worth it. And again, that's that's value. It may not be right. monetary, but it's all value. It's, right. It's and what do you want to accomplish with what you're doing yeah. as a content creator. Yeah. And the truth added, is like, also there are many, many, many content creators who are out of pocket on every single video. You gotta think about all these oh, guys yeah. who build workbenches and build projects and they're investing in the time and the not the time, but let's say the material. Let's just talk about material costs. They're buying the plywood or they're buying the hardwood, they're buying the walnut, whatever it means you know, to make the project, uh, to make the video. And that, that's their investment in that part. And then hopefully they get the views and the AdSense sort of pays that off or maybe even a, uh, a sponsor pays for or, part of it or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. made money on the material part of it. So, like, you're ahead of the game twice as hard. Yeah. That, well, and that's another thing people got to remember, too. And that's why a lot of, a lot of people are, are starting to push Patreon because it's like, Okay, if you want me to, it, and they're not saying it this way, but a lot of the YouTubers that I like to watch and a few that I support with Patreon, it's like, I can continue to make this content. I can continue to buy this material. I can continue to spend the time doing the editing and creating the video because of you guys in the Patreon, just like we do the podcast. Mm -hmm. when, because mm -hmm. of the people that actually support us, on Patreon, it really does. That's why we can continue doing this. Not that it's why we want to do this. It's what makes us actually able to do it. Right. If Creators have to be able to cover their overhead. Unless you're independently wealthy and you just do it for the heck of it, which would be wonderful. I would love to be in that position, but none of us really that. are, right? Yeah, let's, let's do, do that. that. Step one. <laughs> but yeah, Step I mean, one. be rich. I always kind of look at it too, like, you know, in, in the podcast um, section here, this conversation I'll have with you guys like any day of the week, you know, it's all the other stuff that we have to do when we, when we, when we stop recording and the, the uploading and the websites right, right. and the, you know, the, the editing and all that stuff, that's the part that, you know, Patreon makes possible. Uh, mm -hmm. If, if it all disappeared, I would still enjoy talking to you guys every week, but maybe I wouldn't be so regimented about it. Yeah. <laughs> guys, don't forget, we're having our casual discussion at eight o'clock. Yeah, Monday at eight fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, how about how about you, Phil? And then we'll also let's not forget uh, to mention Patreon because that's something that we're doing at the top now. And I think this is a that's perfect right. segue. Absolutely, Patreon.com/slash/reclaimedaudio. Again, always, forever, the best way to keep us on the air. Um, you can just go to our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, and there's a link there, as well as uh, links to uh, iTunes to leave us a five-star review. That always helps in getting more listeners as well. And uh, we will read out any five-star review as long as the you know the content is reasonably not too insulting. Um, what have I been up to? And that'll sort of segue into the topic as well. Um, a couple of different projects that I'm not thrilled with. So one was a door handle that I made, I guess more as a favor, not really client work, but it was a favor. And uh, But he did give me a bottle of scotch as a thank you. But anyway, so let's call it client work. I got paid. Work. That's payment. I got, I got paid. You're right. It's a currency. Um, so the door handle that I made, it was basically an L, like you would a standard door handle, except all the grain was going in the same direction. So somebody over-tweaked it, and it just snapped across the grain lines. I should have made it as, like, an L uh, where the part that goes into the door would be, you know, up and down, and then the door handle itself would be left, right? I could have done it with a simple, either a spline, or I could have done it with... uh, Finger joint. Finger joint, you know, like half lap. Half lap would have been nice and easy, which is basically just... A two-finger finger joint, right? Yeah. Um, I could have just done that. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. So I tried to... I made it over again, and I went with the spline, but my spline jig wasn't really made for uh, this specific size, so I kind of just jerry-rigged it and clamped it in place and ran it through the table saw, and it skipped and hopped a little, and then I just jammed some wood in there, and I glued it, and you know, when I took off the clamps, it was just like an awful piece of crap. So that that's going in the in the bin. Uh, I'm not not going to. I'm going to redo that again. And then the other thing that I started on was a chessboard. And there's going to be a recurring theme here. Um, so the chessboard I made from already stained um, oak, and so that it's it's got that dark color. And then for the white whatever stripe or would eventually be checkers, I used some ash. And Preparation really is the key, right, to basically all of woodworking <laughs> and all success, really, right? So what I did was I had milled down the ash, and and then that was ready to go, and then I just left it. And then the floorboards are stable and forever perfect regardless. So then I got everything down to the right thickness uh, with the planer, but then the ash moved. Mm-hmm. It moved. Always and I does. just... Yeah, so I should have remilled. Instead, I just went ahead with the glue up anyway. So I glued up all those strips of an inch and uh, three quarters, and you've got high spots and low spots. And the oak was already pre-stained dark, so what are you going to do? You can't do anything with that at this point. So I looked at it and I said, okay, where's my belt sander? So I just belt sanded it all to the same levels but there's like hills and valleys and I decided that I was going to tape tape it off and then I was going to put down varnish and then I was going to once the varnish was good I was going to take painter's tape and put that over the dried varnish and then I was going to stain the oak again but then I realized because of all the hills and valleys when I do my cross cuts and I flip the pieces around to make the checkerboard I'm going to be back in the same spot where there's hills and valleys again Mm -hmm. 
So... Um, if you haven't thought of this, I've got an idea for a new board. I think you're going to like it, and you're going to want to try it. What is it called? Firewood? No. Well, you do what you want with the one you're not happy with. It just hit me. Why not Why not take a solid piece of wood, glue it up however you want it. I don't care, right? Take that, and now take a router and cut some grooves to make your checkerboard and fill those in with epoxy. I, and then you've got a wood and epoxy... Mm checkerboard i did that once i think that would look CNC amazing with i i cut out squares and i glued in wood squares out of the mm-hmm. solid board and i just i didn't do it right because when you do that type of an inlay you're supposed to actually do like a v cut so you can kind of like when you put the insert yes, in it's i know like, what you mean and i it's did a friction it I just, fit. yeah i just did because uh, then when you sand it level it's always going to be a perfect edge but i didn't i just i cut them to fit and so they're not perfect, you know, and so there's mm-hmm. like this little line. I tried filling those lines in with epoxy right now. But I never did the uh, just straight up just fill the holes with epoxy. That would be a lot of fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you basically, because it, be it would be a good video because you can show how you have to line up. You can use um, little fences to line up your router. Zip, 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 and then go the other way. Zip, 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 right? Now you've got all these an entire board that you pour basically pour epoxy almost over the whole board scrape it off to where it settles in there and then sand it all down you can, and whatever tinted color you want for the epoxy you, do we yeah. know anybody in the epoxy world that might be able to help you out with a sponsored video Phil I don't know hmm. I don't, I don't know, know. It's good <coughs> Jeff <coughs> good call I'll, I'll you could that. also make on your on your um, your little CNC you could make a template like an MDF template you probably have to do it in yeah. two or four pieces Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could you could glue those together, just put them on top of your solid Ooh. board, and use that as a router template to just route out all your squares. Then take the template off, tape it off. Oh yeah, we didn't have to tape it off. You just pour epoxy over the entire thing, and then yeah, run it your, run it, then sand it down flat. Yeah. Yep. So, all that being said, the title of Hold the episode. Hold on, now he's going to tell us he's not going to do that. But go ahead. The title of the episode is "The Gambler." Why is it the gambler? <laughs> Not twice as fast. Regular speed. You gotta sing it now. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. So in this case, um, these two uh, pieces of crap, I'm gonna I'm gonna be folding them and running. Um, but so I decided I'm just gonna go buy some walnut or dark wood and I'm gonna redo it and I'm gonna do it properly. Um, the other thing I was thinking about is that I could also do the toner transfer method to make a, a chessboard. I could just That'd make be fun, and, and I would do it in two two parts to make it. Here's your bigger. video. Here's your video. Maybe you can get Total Boat in on it. Um, is uh, like five ways to make a chessboard. Five different ways to make a chessboard. And say, hey, this is the way chessboards Ooh. usually done: the stripes, the cut, the cross cut, or one side toner transfer, the other side epoxy. There's something there. I think you need Something a third, though. Checkers th- on one side, and you can do, like, a theme. Like, you can do your toner transfer. You can actually do, like, a... I don't know. What is, what is the horrible game, of game you let your children play? You know. Chess? Yeah, I mean... No, the video game. What's the video I'm game? I'm saying do, for, a, do a theme. Like, you know, you can do, like, a, I don't know... Um, um, Space Invaders. Um, uh, Pokemon, whatever. Pac-Man, Pokemon, something. I did a, I did a World but of Warcraft You can do that for the checkers, and then for the chess, you can do the oh, serious... Cool. I like it. Okay, I'll call them. Um, so, but all to say, I think, and, and this segues into the topic of, of the conversation today, is that sometimes there's only so much you can do 
to these projects before you just sort of look at them and go, this one needs to be flushed and I need to start again. Like there's a, I believe that in woodworking, the, the difference between uh, someone good and someone just starting out is that you know how to turn that project around. You know how to cover those mistakes. You know how to fix those slip-ups because they are inevitable. They will happen. You know, you're, you're going to do a chip out or something's going to happen and you've got to be able to fix that mistake. And that's really the mark of a, a craftsman is to be able to fix those mistakes and to hide them or make them into a feature. Um, but I think even at some point for everybody, no matter how skilled, something happened and it's just done. And you could keep trying to make it better or you could cut your losses, you could fold it, and you could start over again. And I, and I was curious to hear uh, about some of your experiences, if, if that's something that you believe in even at all. Like, do you just, no, I will always fix it, there's always a way to fix it? Or, you know, I'll just try until I'm just not confident and I'm not happy with the product that it's going to be. Well, you know, the, the other alternative title for, the, for this episode was Polishing a Turd. <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> and uh, we went with a gambler. That was a, a little bit of a cleverer name. But we've all certainly been there where we've made a mistake and, and we try to polish it. And I think like, what the, the old saying is that a, a carpenter is someone who's good at hiding mistakes or whatever. You know, for sure that's happened. But sometimes, you know what, sometimes it's just a turd. <laughs> like sometimes it's just, yeah. you know, like you got to walk away from it. Um, and it's, it sounds like that's what – and I've, I mean, you know what is funny? I can think of a checkerboard. Um, of my own that I, I did I had very similar um, situation with that I had to walk away from that I, I started I, I had it laying around my shop for a while because I didn't have the heart to burn it because I had a, you know a couple hours into it but mm-hmm. um, yeah I just uh, I didn't give myself enough room because you know you, thickness of the blade and all that stuff and I, I just got myself down to where um, I had a I had some of the height issues I had to deal with and then I, I realized that after going through all of this that I didn't have enough room like my last row was not going to be squares they're going to be rectangles you know like I just didn't and I was but I was like you know what I'm going to glue it up anyways just to finish it through and see how you know it was a learning experience and um maybe I'll make a cutting board out of it but then I just got so angry at it (laughs) it didn't become a cutting board either but uh, you know it is it is true like you know like you could fix everything that you've done to this this thing you could get it you could and, and it might even be an interesting experiment to, you know, just finish gluing it up, sand it all down flat, don't worry about the finish that you're trying to save, and then see if you can find a solution to get the contrast um, just for the learning experience. But at the mm-hmm. same time, there's nothing wrong with walking away from it, too. It's all, that's one of the great things about being a reclaimer. You got, like, literally $0 invested in this. Correct. Well, maybe 50 cents in glue, you know? Well, that, that's, that, that's yeah. part of the experience, yeah. too, is, is yeah. no one to walk away, no one to run. It's not a matter of if you can fix it sometimes. Sometimes you can't fix it. I'm here to tell you yeah. there are times when you screw up, it cannot be fixed. Mm-hmm. It, it just can't, right? And, and But then again, sometimes it can. So, uh, for example, uh, a client piece I did a billion years ago, they wanted a, a coffee table a certain size, right? And I screwed up, and I cut it. I almost got done making it. I realized I cut it too short. I could have fixed that. I could have taken the top back off. I could have glued pieces together. I could mm-hmm. have lengthened it. You know, there's things you can do to fix it, but how much time you got invested into it now to where it's like, you know what? Maybe I'll just sell the smaller coffee table to somebody else and make one the right size and start over. Mm-hmm. It's that experience of how much you, you, you have to know. Again, you have to know when to hold them, fold them, walk away and run away. And sometimes when it's, it's the job is so bad, you got to run away. It's like, nope, garbage bin, burn it, firewood. Yeah. And you then, know the you know 
the last guitar I just made, I made this wacky seven string guitar for a client. Um, and you know, I designed on the CNC software and then, and then cut it. And I designed this thing and, and I checked the measurements six ways from Sunday and then I, I cut it and the neck was just not, I don't know what I did, but it was like, it was too thin for a seven string. It was like a, I made a mistake, you know, and, uh, but you know, I've got a lot of time into this, into this block of wood that got glued up, that got planed and, and then put in the CNC machine, you know, hour and a half, two hours of CNC milling, 3d carving, all this stuff. And it hurts. And so I'm looking at it. I mean, God, I probably have an hour into just making this decision of whether I was going to <laughs> find a way to, to solve the neck by, cause I, I had a million ideas of how I could have added wood to this neck and then reshaped it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I was like, no, I'm just going to cut another one, you know, fix yeah. my file, cut another one, which is what I did. And so I still have that one that I messed up because I was like, well, I can turn this. I mean, there's things about it that were designed for the seven string, like the pickups and stuff. But I was like, well, I could just make this a six string because the neck is plenty wide for that. And I could just get because I get my guy makes me custom pickups of whatever size and shape I want anyway. So I'm just like, well, I'll just get six string pickups made in this seven string pickup size hole and, uh, and just make it a six string someday. So it's like sometimes like you know, walking away and, or running isn't necessarily mean it's going into the, the firewood pile either. It's like Bill said, it's like, oh, well, it's just, it's just a different table now, you know? Yeah. No, that's true. Um, so, uh, like, that, part, that I think chessboard could make a great cutting board, right? It, you know, if it doesn't have the contrast to play chess, it can be a cutting board. Yeah, there's oak in there. But, um, char- charcuterie board, is that what everybody's into? Oh, a charcuterie board. Yes, it could be a charcuterie board. Mm. Um, I think the other thing, like, apart from, you know, the monetary value or the time value is the learning experience. Mm. So for me, I was inspired uh, to do this project by a video a long time ago that I think Chris Cute made. It was Chris Cute. Where he did it with plywood. And so what he would do is he'd cut the strips. um, And so they're (laughs) the same thickness right off the bat. They are uh, dimensionally stable. And, and I'm guessing that's why he went with plywood. And so what he did was he stained and then sealed the dark parts and then did his glue up and then his cutting. So I just, I just want to interrupt. Just, Bill's not tinkling. He's pouring tea, just in case anyone listening to this got really freaked out by that. <laughs> it's cold. It's cold? Okay. It's, it's below 50. It's cold. Below 50, he says. Yeah, that's cute. Hey Siri, what's minus 20 Celsius in Fahrenheit? Minus 20 degrees Celsius is minus 4 degrees Fahrenheit. Minus 4, Bill. That's cold. That's what you're at today? That's what we're at for the next three oh, weeks. Oh man, that, thank yeah, you. It just reminded me here. of the other thing uh, that caught my attention, Phil. Long underwear. I was trying yeah. to remember it. Um, anyways, so Apparently, what I learned plywood. was... What I learned was was that there are things that you should do with specific <laughs> material and that may or may not be possible to do with solid wood. So good lesson, good experiment. I will take it and I will run. You know, I remember just because we're talking about the 50 ways to make a chessboard. Um, <laughs> we started with three. We're up to 50. Okay. Well, no, your video's going to have 50. Um, Shogun Jimmy, remember him? Uh, yeah. Yes. I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. I don't know if he's still hanging yeah. out on the, on the socials or not. But hey, Jimmy, if you're around, um, he did a chess thing once, a chessboard he did with his daughter years and years and years ago, and um, they literally drew, like, and colored in with sharpies, the the squares, on a piece of wood. Does that work? How does it not bleed? 
it was I don't know if it was plywood I don't remember exactly but I just remember they, they were like yeah and then we just for the chessboard because it, it, the video was like about the pieces or whatever the project was about the and he was like yeah and then for the chessboard uh. we just we just colored it in and I was like yeah I mean it, it, it can be that simple you know right that might great. work actually if you clear coat it first I, yeah I don't remember exactly what it I mean you, you could find the video I'm sure it's still there I don't remember exactly what they did but it was like I mean you could tell it, it was colored in you could see that but um, okay. and I remember when I did that TV show a bunch of years ago, we made that chessboard out of um, school bus sheet metal. And okay. um, and we ended up, like, because, you, you know, it was metal. And we taped and painted the whole thing. Mm. Um, right. It was like a, it was a pain. Like, but that was like, my partner was good at that. He was good at just going down those rabbit holes and, and forgetting all the deadlines that we were facing. <laughs> but, uh. You know, he ended. Up, we ended up taking all the paint off the sheet metal, and then painted a school bus yellow. But it was like against the silver. You know, like the raw metal. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's possible that he's just literally masking tape, and you know. I'm thinking I might do a router sled and just flatten it, and I might leave the glue up as it is now and do the toner transfer thing with two pages, because it'll that need might... to be two. Yeah, that might be fun. That might be interesting. Yeah. And then I'll make the Did squares. Did you get your kids involved in that? Yeah, they, my kids, the kids, my kids are involved sledge. in playing chess. They love no, they that. Can, they can run the router sled. Just, just leave the room. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. I meant the toner transfer. Um, I don't love them hanging around with acetone or lacquer thinner. I use lacquer thinner. I mean, I definitely get the one who's interested the most in hanging out with me in the garage is my daughter. She, she loves that stuff. Um. And in fact, she said to me, she goes, let's, let's make something. So we did, did I tell you guys this about the aging the paper stuff? We did, the, we talked yeah, about that last yeah. week, right? I loved it. So, saw, the, saw it online, it's awesome. So it's super cool. I'm actually thinking about doing like, like a, a wall art thing. We're doing a series of like, maybe like themed old timey maps. Or even I, I would try to get do, like a Do fantasy a fiction world maps. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Like maybe yeah, even a series of like Lord of the Rings maps, like the different yeah. areas. Yeah, do like Caprica and like all the you know all your favorite. Yeah, I mean obviously Lord of the Rings is great, but uh, and there's so many. Um, I just always go to the science fiction stuff, but do the belt. I yeah. have the I have the world as a, like a 15 book belt. series, and they've got lots and lots of maps almost in every book, and you can look it up online. Really cool stuff. It. You know how okay. in the you know how in the Expanse they all have the the tattoos on the neck of where they're from in the belt. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you can do all those. I, I'm sure someone. Oh has yeah, get your daughter a tattoo on her neck. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, neck tattoo. Oh, perfect. You know, the more time you spend with her neck tattoos and lacquer thinner, the less you have to worry about college bills in the future. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I've, I've never written down so many notes as I have in today's episode. You guys are just a wealth. <laughs> just trying to help, man. Just trying to help. Just a just a poverty of information. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, yeah. maybe we should do a positive turd polishing how about because we're talking about all the ones that didn't work uh yeah was, what, what about some, a success story yeah. where oh no what do i do right i mean so it, like every other project <clears throat> <I've done? laughs> like there's mistakes in every single one yeah. and the ones that make it through to the other side the doors uh are the ones that you know i was able to basically bring them back from the dead because at one point all of my projects are you know brain dead and i've just resuscitated them somewhat somehow <laughs> sure sure can you think of a favorite like where even maybe even where the the failure was you know what made it is like the, now the jewel in the center of the crown you know 
So for, because I uh, work almost exclusively with Reclaimed, my, my mess-ups are always a function of not having enough material or enough material that looks the way it's supposed to look or cutting things short and then like not having any more wood to replace it with. So I remember one time or a few times actually when I was making the whiskey box lids because I always made the boxes first and then the lids separate, I didn't have enough depth to it so i had it wide enough but not deep enough Mm. and uh and so what i did was i find clever ways of gluing on additional material to make it look seamless and uh so it was always about making the material go longer than i had or you know stretching it out essentially Mm. Uh, that kind of thing it you know i i had enough to begin with but i messed it up so or one time um i threw the material and it exposed like a, a series of nail holes and it just usually I'll try to incorporate that because that's cool but in this case it just it didn't look good at all so I cut even more and then I glued on uh, more material to stretch it out yeah. and a lot of these things aren't necessarily always because of a lack of material but a lot of times it's a lack of time like to remake the lid yeah I mean to make it perfect and if it was perfect yeah it would be better but this thing had to be mailed up tomorrow so I just add on another inch of material and then continue on with my life. Yeah. I, I, I've got a couple that, uh, Go ahead. <clears throat> a couple that stand out. Um, one was not so much, uh, polishing the turd, so to speak, as it was, uh, just making a, a quick fix. I might've mentioned this before building the first salon for Casey. Some of the window decorations that I did were these planters that sat in these glass windows. Cause she had her old building was, uh, it was on a corner and it was glass all the way around windows so every other window I put this planner that had like a bridge uh, extent, like expansion bridge type theme to it and stuck these bamboo plants in it and I measured in each window because it's from built in the you know 1890s or whatever this building 1900s each window was a little bit different in, in size and I thought I got them all right so I go there to install it first one perfect second one perfect the last one I go to put it in and it's too long I'm like, oh my, I don't, and we didn't have time to go back to the house and to cut it. I literally took out my Swiss army knife, pulled out the little tiny saw blade there and cut this thing down about two inches. Oh my God. So it would fit in the window with a little Swiss army knife and then cleverly glued and hit it with some nails and screws. And because it was, and it just got it to fit inside this window frame. So that was one of them. The other one, and Tim won't appreciate this. Um, I, I built a cigar box guitar, and on the neck, um, for the the dots, the, the fret markers, um, I was using one size of a, a hole jig and then cutting out the little plugs. I had a little plug set, you know, you, you drill it out with one, and then you can make the plugs with the other with mm-hmm. contrasting wood. So I had the, the smaller dots with the uh, one size, and then on the 12th fret, I was going to do one large dot. I screwed up and I put a large dot where I shouldn't have and now it's like, okay, what am I going to do? So what I ended up doing is I took and I cut a large hole for every one of them, plugged them with a different color wood on the where the small dots go, and then I did another small dot in those. So the the they were all large dots. Oh, wow, like a ring. Everyone but the yeah. 12th got a different color small dot in it. Yeah. So that was just a, a, it took That's twice very clever. as long to do it that way. Yeah. But it was it was fun. It was fun to do it that way. <clears throat> so it actually that. looked like I did it on purpose, but it was a total screw-up, and I was so upset. 
But it ended up coming out really cool looking. You turned it into a feature. I love that. Yeah, it's a classic, yeah, yeah. Um, classic way idea. Classic uh, lutes. Yeah, classic lutes. I had a, you know, I like to make my guitars pretty thin, and for a while I was making them like what I've now decided is too thin. <laughs> <laughs> um, quarter inch, quarter inch body, right, right. yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, the problem was that it was the components that need to go into it need a certain thickness and I was just always pushing envelopes for that and then the other problem um, was uh, you have to run the wire for the from the pickup to go into the electronics cavity and so you you need a, a long skinny drill bit and you have to go in at an angle from one hole to connect it to the next and you're always kind of kind of shooting in the dark when you do this because you you're aiming for a hole you're drilling at an angle into this hole from another hole and you're hoping that your angle is right and you have enough length to reach this hole. And this is all stuff, you know, earlier in guitars, like now I'm better at designing them so that distance is closer. And, I, I you know, I plan for this stuff more th- now than I did then. But, you don't go straight out the bottom. Right, but what would happen then is a lot of times I would be off by a quarter inch or a half inch. My angle would be too steep and I would go through the bottom instead of, you know, through the hole. Um, so a, a f- several of my older guitars had butterfly inlays. <laughs> on the back to cover them, holes <laughs> to cover the holes and it's like a thing that you know i mean i look at them like god oh, son of a just drilled another hole through in the back but then when you look at the finished instrument and there's like you know a contrasting wood butterfly in the back of it it's quite beautiful and it's this little special Feature. thing you know and yeah. that's like a again classic example of like you know turning a or polishing a turd you know right or, or and i guess to stick with the gambler metaphor of holding them not folding them that's right that's right. Well done. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Um, very cool. Very cool. I feel good. I feel good. iTunes review review. Do we have any? I think we did. Not we American. Had, we had one new one. Um, I got it right here. It is from our friend who's written before. Thorpey67. What's his real name? I remember that name. He's yeah, British. He's a, yeah, he's a British guy, and he's into, from what I remember, he's into VW Bugs. But I, I can't find the... There we go. Um, yeah, OMT Built. So, Thorpey wrote, uh, Long-time listener, again from Soggy England. Third-time reviewer. Got to got uh, tell you, the show just keeps getting better and better. Not only production-wise slash audio quality, but content game is up and keep it coming. Thank you, Ed Thorpe. Yes, I knew it was Ed. Um, five stars. Thank you very much. That's the title. Thank you, Ed. Stars, just to keep it. That's an actual compliment. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah. yeah what do you think you meant by that? Yeah. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> what the? You've got to be some hidden insult in there. Nice. Thank you. Thank you very that was very nice. Um, weekly I have a, tip segment. I have a list of tips uh, that I've been trying to take better. Like every time I do something in the shop that I think might be a good tip. I'm trying to take a minute. I, I pull up an app on my phone and I type it in to try to, like, you know. Look at this overachiever. All right. Well, don't 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 give all those away. We we have good use for yeah, tips coming space up. Space them out. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. give them all away. I was just going to yeah. give them Next week, away. we're going to have a good tip segment, so. Hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to give you uh, this one here. Uh, while we were packing up, the guinea pig tanks now this is a bulk order um as one does each yeah. there's all these multiple parts right and um since we're doing them in the bulk order they're going to package them up over there um so i didn't we didn't have to like assemble the, the tanks or like sort the parts by tanks so it was just like you know 
500 of this part, 500 of this part, 500 of this part. Um, so we bundled them in packages of 20, um, and, and then, you know, just boxed them up like that. So 20 pieces in a stack. They're all cut from the same thickness of cardboard. Um, and it doesn't matter what size and shape it is. If you stack 20 pieces of cardboard, they're all exactly the same height. So, you know, we're, we're counting as we go, but then, you know, they're going in the boxes and stuff. Um, so for the final packaging, I want to do a final count, make sure I'm not, you know, overing or undering the thing. And so what I simply did is I took, I counted 20 pieces of cardboard and I, I measured how thick they were and I cut out of a quarter piece, a quarter inch thick piece of MDF, a rectangle, the width of all the pieces because they're all the same width, a little bit wider, um, and then the exact uh, thickness of 20 pieces, right? So it's just like a little thing sitting on the table. So now instead so of counting the 20... It's a gauge, yeah, exactly. exactly. So now instead of counting the 20 and having to look and make, or like stacking them next to each other and go, is that exactly the same height or is that a little higher? You know, is there a sawdust on Just pop in the gauge, pull them out, and um, it made quick work of it. So sometimes taking that extra five minutes to set up that jig or that gauge or that tool saves you an hour and it's like yeah you're like ah oh, i just keep stacking them it's fine it's not that big of a deal but when you get start getting the volume you realize how those little steps can really save you a lot of time 100 percent. i love the jigs love the jigs well what, good, um, good tip good tip yeah great tip what um what grabbed your attention let's keep the tim sway train rolling what uh what grabbed your attention this week uh, I have written down where the red fern grows. <laughs> <laughs> I have that too. Yeah. Um, Who said that to me? Who said that to me? <laughs> uh, on Hulu, it, in and of itself, it's a, a I, I don't want to call it a documentary. I don't want to call it a movie. Uh, I don't want to tell you anything about it, actually. But I want to... It, it was probably the most remarkable thing I've watched in a couple of years. I mean, maybe... Easily, easily. So I'm intrigued. Called. What is it? In and of itself, it's on Hulu. Oh, that's all. That's all mm. I'm saying. Just go mm. with it. You're gonna look at it and be like, "Eh, I don't think I want to watch this," but you do. So you, it's it's <clears throat> one of the most beautiful, heartwarming things I've ever seen. Heartwarming. Oh, that's not for me. Trust me, <clears throat> Phil. Trust. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> Mr. Your heart Grinch. Doctor Grinch. Yeah. He, was he a doctor? Medical? Not a real doctor. It was a medical doctor. I mean, doctor. maybe he had his PhD. You don't know his education like level. Philosophy or something stupid like that. Animal husbandry. I think it was sociology. Uh, <laughs> a doctor of sociological animal husbandry. Yeah. You know, that old chestnut. Uh, Bill, what grabbed your attention this week? Well, I got I got a few now because you guys inspired me. I wrote down one, but now I got a couple. So uh, I got a little bit politics. I got a little bit of TV, and I got a little bit of makerism. So the politics is uh, Tulsi Gabbard was a Democrat congresswoman from Hawaii, and she ran for president. Democrats did not like her for whatever reason. She didn't win. She's now got a podcast, and I'm excited about that because I liked, you know, I'm a gun guy, and she was kind of pro-Second Amendment, but she was very Democrat and social on some other things. So I, I thought she was amazing. Apparently nobody liked her. Well, anyway, this is Tulsi like Gabbard. This is Tulsi Gabbard is the name of her podcast, so I'm going to check that out. I think everybody else should. Um, and then the, uh, the, the TV show that I just started watching that you two – reminded me of was it's called Snowpiercer and it's about this oh, yeah. and I, I, I can't remember 
anyway, it's it's a show. I think it's on HBO Max. It's a series. It was a movie, and now it's a, a fantasy book or something. Now it's a show. Uh, it's about the entirety of the human planet has to live on this train that has to go, and it's oh, right. 10 miles long, and it has to go. It can't stop because it's negative 114 degrees because we screwed up the planet. So... And there's, it's a class, it's warfare, it's it's the people snuck on her in the back, and then you have third class, you're like the workers, second class, you were like the doctors and stuff, and then all the wealthy people up in first class who paid for the thing, right? So it's pretty intense. Casey and I started watching that. It's uh, huh. second season just came out. And then the last thing, um, I happened to be watching uh, Last Man Standing the other night, which is a Tim Allen show, which is on its last season. And... It got me thinking about Home Improvement, which was his first big show, which also starred Richard Karn, which was Al. It was Tim and Al and you know, mm-hmm. and the whole thing. Well, Tim and Al are teaming up with April Wilkerson, and I think it's on Discovery. I don't know what the name of the show is, but she's in it, and she just announced something, so we don't know a lot about it, but April Wilkerson is going to be working with Tim Allen and Richard Karn on that's a discovery crazy. show about making something. So wow, I just thought her. that's awesome. So yeah, I saw she posted. Congrats that. to April. That was pretty, that's a pretty cool spin on like the maker show to have like yeah. you know the fake makers with a real maker. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, right. maybe those guys are really very handy in real life. I don't know, but Karn, I could see being really handy. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him. Fake that well, kind Tim of Allen's character tools. was not handy, so we'll, we'll leave yeah. it at that. But yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they could carry on that shtick too, you know, like that yes. where Tim Allen is the bumbling, you know. He might but, not even be in it. it. Might be him producing it and Richard Karn hosting it, and April being a judge or something. I don't know. We don't know. It's it's all know. who knows. We don't know. We could sit so, here for an hour. It's, it's, it's not a mystery. Yeah. How about you, Phil? What caught your attention? What made you go? Oh, I have two like you also. So I'll start with my TV one. Uh, TV, I'm watching The Boys, and uh, that's like it's like a superhero I've show, except yeah, they're not they're, they're not very like you're seeing like the gritty side of what superheroes probably would be like. Um, it's awesome, it's awesome, What's, and I ripped through like the first superheroes season. that are jerks and evil jerks. Yeah, even though they're supposed to be the bad guys. I mean, sorry, they're supposed to be the good guys. Right, right. Just, but what like, platform is that on? It's on Amazon Prime. Netflix. Oh. Oh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's on Prime Video. Yeah. Um, really good. Like, really good. Um, and so I, I've been... I, toured I, I haven't seen season. the second season yet. I watched all the first season, though. It's like, whoa. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and I, I, like, maybe three or four episodes into the second season. So that's very good. And then, so, uh, the other one that I have is, uh, is also a Make Ariser one. And it's called. It's a new channel, and it's called Woodworking Monetized. And so this one very much is for me like the way Izzy started with the fifty dollar wood shop. What he did was oh. he's got like ten episodes so far, and uh, they're continuous. So he'll make a project, he'll sell it, he'll take that money, and he'll buy tools. And he keeps track of the money, and he keeps track. For you, so he'll be like, okay, so this. Oh, dude, that's totally interesting. I like. I that. know that's it's really good. Kind of what I was uh, doing with my guitars, but sort of like a half, kind of you know, not very seriously, you know. I love but that. But he's idea. no, he's doing it seriously. So like, he'll sell yeah. something for a hundred dollars. Like, okay, so now our running bank. So if you remember from our last episode, we were up to two hundred eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Now we have three hundred eighty. But I bought the drill. That was one hundred and fifty. So we're now down to one hundred and thirty. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, and that's our running. T- and I really enjoyed it. And, and he happens to be a. You know he's uh, he's got a good presence, and the and the projects are 
beginner level project, which is great. Um, but yep. I just love the mixing of like the money and the and the woodworking together. I think it's awesome. I did something years and years ago similar to that on my channel too, where I did a twenty. I bought twenty dollars worth of tools and free wood, and I was trying to like do that same thing. But again, I did it like poorly. Like I didn't do it well. You know what I mean? Okay. I lo I love the concept a lot. And that yeah. was around the same time that Izzy did his. It was before I knew who Izzy was, but it was around the same time he was doing his fifty dollars wood shop. But it's like um, so for for you, Tim, that would have been a, a turd. That was more of a matte. It wasn't quite polished. Yeah, no, it was. It wasn't even yeah, matte. I mean, still it was warm. Nowhere near sat. It was just a turd. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get gross. All right. I'm just saying, temperature wise. <clears throat> Getting warmer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, let's rock and roll here. Our websites, williamlutes.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com, and of course, guineapigthanks.com. Um, yeah. So, guys, listen. Contact us for those show topics, those suggestions, that feedback, those comments. Uh, you can do so by email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. You can even record a voice note and uh, send it to... Oh, that's cool. And uh, you can send us a voice note by email as well. On Twitter, at Reclaimed Audio. We love hearing from you guys. And of course, those iTunes reviews. Five star. We'll read them out. And of course, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. Goodbye. I love you. Be well. Bye, everybody. Be good. Or at least play good. Or else. <laughs>